You ever notice that even when the work is done, the work is not done? Have you ever finished something or you think you finished it and then you realize, no, we're not finished. Now there's something else to do. It's like there's some other work that needs to get done. And, and it can be good, like it can be, a, it can be a good thing to take a little break if you've had a big project. Like if it's a really big project, you invested a lot of time, a lot of energy, uh, uh, a lot of physical, emotional input into something and you get done with it, take a personal day, right? Take a week of vacation. Get re-energized, but, but on the back side of that, there's something else that needs to be done. Right? And, and there's a, I guess there's an upside to that. That's what gives all of us job security, right? Job security is there's always something else that needs to be done. If we ever absolutely finished all of the work at our job, then they wouldn't need us anymore. There'd be nothing left for us to do. So from that perspective, it's a good thing that there is always more to be done. There's always that extra work that needs to take place. When we get to chapter 7 of Nehemiah, which is where we've been, if you're new, uh, Nehemiah is a couple of books before the Psalms, which is right in the middle of the Bible. We're at chapter 7, and when we get to chapter 7, the work, the goal, this project that we've been building towards, rebuilding the wall, it's done. The wall is built, the gates are in place, the doors have been hung, everything is done, and yet, you'll notice chapter 7 is not the end of the book, right? There's still work that needs to be done, which reminds us of this, this hurdle we sometimes face. In life, in projects, in relationships, in our jobs, this hurdle that we sometimes face is re-engaging after completing a large project. It, it can just be challenging, like re-engaging, especially, especially when you've given lots of planning and lots of emotion and it's taken up lots of your calendar and your focus has been on this project and finally it's done and you breathe this huge sigh of relief. And now you got to start the next thing. Now you got to start the next job, not the, the next project. Just kicking back in gear can be difficult, right? We, we see this all, all that we've been through the past year. A lot of things shut down. A, a lot of things moved to online. And then re-engaging when it's time to start again, that's a little bit of a hurdle to try to overcome. Here's what happens in Nehemiah chapter 7. Beginning in verse 1, after the wall had been rebuilt and I had set the doors in place, in other words, it's done, we checked that one off, that project's finished, the gatekeepers, the musicians, and the Levites were appointed. I put in charge of Jerusalem my brother Hanani along with Hananiah, the commander of the citadel because he was a man of integrity and feared God more than most people do. I said to them... The gates of Jerusalem are not to be opened until the sun is hot. While the gatekeepers are still on duty, have them shut the doors and bar them. Also, appoint residents of Jerusalem as guards, some at their post and some near their own houses. Here, here's some areas that Nehemiah begins to move towards now that the wall is completed. Here's the first one. Nehemiah focused on worship. Nehemiah refocused the people around their need for worship. The, the first groups that he mentions, the gatekeepers, the musicians, the Levites, all served at the temple. 
right? The, the musicians and Levites, that makes sense. But even the gatekeepers came to the temple. They got their assignments and they went out to the various gates uh, that they oversaw. All of them had to do with the temple and the worship that takes place at the temple. As they're coming out of this rebuilding project, as they're, as they're coming out of all of the work that they've been doing, Nehemiah reminds them that still their first priority is worship. The priority, the ultimate priority really was never the wall to begin with. The ultimate priority is, can we keep our eyes on? Can we keep our heart on God? Can we keep our passion burning for who God is and for His Worship and, and although although the wall was important, it was necessary. It was needed. They needed to take the step of building the wall. Nehemiah is trying to convey to them in chapter seven: We don't worship a wall. We don't worship a wall. We worship the God who equipped us to build the wall. We don't worship the wall. The wall was needed. It was important. It was vital to our city. But I want to make sure now that that's done. I want to make sure. That we don't worship the wall, which can be a bit of a temptation, isn't it? When we accomplish something great, when we finish some great project, especially if there's a spiritual element to that project, it's a really good thing. There can be the temptation to worship that thing, to worship what we accomplished, to, to, to worship whatever was built. And Nehemiah is conveying to the people and conveying to us that we don't worship things. We don't worship buildings or structures. All of those are necessary. Sometimes we have to build. Sometimes we have to renovate. Sometimes we have to rebuild. Sometimes we have to paint and patch and, and keep things. All of that has to be done. But our eyes aren't on that. Our heart, our passion is on the worship of God. A point. Any great accomplishment presents the temptation to replace God with our accomplishment. There's always that temptation on the backside of some great endeavor or some great accomplishment is we let the accomplishment take the place of God. We get this sense of we did it. Look at how great we are. Like we did it. We're the best. We're number one. Like we did it. And, and, and there's the tension of worshiping the thing we did or just being overly proud of ourselves. Right? Letting accomplishment become arrogance. Well, look what we did. Look who we are. Nobody else could have done this. We did this. And so chapter 7, the wall's done, and Nehemiah immediately says... Let's make sure we're worshiping the right thing as we move forward. As we pivot to life after the rebuilding project, let's make sure our eyes and our heart are set on the right things. Second thing, Nehemiah focused on leadership. He focused on worship. I want your hearts turned to God. Let's not get caught up in ourselves and our project. And then Nehemiah focused on Leadership, he knew that coming out of this project, leadership was going to be important. And the type of leader that he chose was going to be important. So he chooses people of integrity, people who feared the Lord, people whose heart were right 
with the Lord. Coming out of this rebuild, Nehemiah knew those are the type of people that we need leading us. And, and, and leadership can be a challenge coming out of a project too. Because as we've said over and over in this study, leaders go first, right? Leaders sacrifice first, leaders do the work first. So we've had two months now of leaders going first and leaders pouring in and leaders leading the way and leaders on the wall and leaders sleeping at the temple and leaders showing up for the work early and staying late. So you would imagine, just like the general population, the leaders are tired too. But Nehemiah says, we still need people to lead. We still need people to Step up. Leaders can't disappear after the project is done, whatever the project is. Leaders can't lead through the hard times and then decide they're going to step back and take a break. Coming out of this rebuilding project, Nehemiah knew he needed leaders. As a, as a church, we have at least so far survived this past year. Um, but it's been taxing, right? It's been, it's been taxing on everybody, uh, especially our leaders who've, who've had to make decisions after decisions after decisions. And, and some people liked the decisions. Some people didn't like the, the decisions. Uh, over and over, meetings and meet, our community leaders, have ha- our community group leaders have had to adjust and go online and decide, well, do, do we meet in person? Do we meet at all? And we're still in, in the phase of that. Our, our, the people who lead our volunteer areas, right? they've been stretched thin, our volunteers have been stretched thin. Like getting us through this past year has been heavy on the backs of our leaders, and we don't want to burn them out, and, and we don't want to wear them out. But, but I also know that getting through this next phase, we need leaders still. We need people who will say, yeah, we've made it this far, I want us to make it all the way. Nehemiah focused on worship. Nehemiah focused on leadership. And then the third thing, Nehemiah focused on protecting what they had built. Nehemiah focused on protecting what they had built. The wall was completed, right? The city was in a much better position than it had been when the walls were down. But the people now needed to protect what God had built. Uh, He assigns gatekeepers. Uh, and he says to them, there's only certain times of the day when you're going to open the gate. And those are the times of the day when we're least likely to be attacked. Right? You're going to open them in the heat of the day because nobody's launching their army in the heat of the day. And then you're going to close them and you're going to make sure they're locked before you go off duty. And then we're going to put people on guard around the wall. What had been built by God or rebuilt by God needed to be protected. When you engage in a, in a project that God has called you to, when you engage, as we've been talking about, in rebuilding some area of your life, you will hopefully get to a point where that area is pretty solid now. It was, we were struggling back here. We weren't sure we were going to make it, but hey, we're on pretty good footing now. And you know what has to take place when you get on pretty good footing? You have to protect what God's rebuilt. In relationship, if some of you are rebuilding relationships right now, coming out of the past year, and you're rebuilding friendships, you're, you're, you're rebuilding uh, working relationships, there's going to come a point where those are going to get to a better place, and then 
you're going to have to do the effort of protecting what got rebuilt. If you're rebuilding your marriage, if you're rebuilding family during this time, if you're rebuilding a relationship with your kids during this time, then you're going to get to a place where things are better than they were, things are at a better place than they used to be. And when you get there, there's the, the tendency to sort of turn your head away from that. But Nehemiah says, you know, you can't worship what God has built because you only worship God, but you got to protect what God has rebuilt. If you're rebuilding your finances, right, the good news is that can be done. That can be done. God, God can give you a path, biblical principles, good input from solid thinking people that can help you rebuild your financial area. But you know as well as I do that you can rebuild it and destroy it all again pretty quickly. Right? Once, once you rebuild an area, then you have to protect that area. That's what Nehemiah knows about the wall. We're still going to guard this. We're not worshiping it, but we're still going to guard this because God rebuilt it. There, we all have different personalities. We all have different strengths. Some of us are starters. We're, some of us are entrepreneurial types. Like We like the initial dreaming and launching and let's get this thing going and let's get it off the ground and let's do it differently and let's shake things up and let's get going. Let's rally the people. Some of us are starters and we need good starters. But at some point, once it started... We need people to lead from there. Right? We need stayers, not just starters. Right? We need people to say, you know what, God put it here for a reason. Let's, let's not let it die now. Let's keep it going now. Let's do the, the work that needs to be done after it's up and going. You, you can't always jump to something new. Sometimes you have to stay. You have to do the hard work of staying, or, or else we leave in our wake a lot of jumping around from thing to thing, right? We, we leave in our wake a lot of half starts and half finishes because we, we couldn't stay and stick it out and protect what God had started rebuilding. Some, sometimes we need to stay, right? We, we need to say, we started this, we're going to see it through. We started this, we're going to keep going. Look at verse 4. Now the city was large and spacious, but there were few people in it, and the houses had not yet been rebuilt. So my God put it into my heart to assemble the nobles, the officials, and the common people for registration by families. I found the genealogical record of those who had been the first to return this is what I found written there. And there's a, then there's a whole list of a bunch of names. All right, We're not, we're not going to read through all of those. Here's the situation. Here's what Nehemiah realized. The wall's been rebuilt. The city's in much better condition than it used to be. But there weren't people there. The wall looked great. Right? From the outside, the wall looked fantastic. From the outside... It looked like Jerusalem was pulling itself together. But there weren't people there. There weren't lives there. People come in and worked, but people weren't staying. Journey will soon be six years old. Can you believe that? 
Like six years ago, we weren't even meeting on Sunday mornings. We weren't even meeting every week. Um, We were having like an occasional thing. And then along about April, we decided to start doing this all the time, right? Six years ago. And, And obviously, the last year has been the pandemic year, which none of us saw coming six years ago when we decided to start trying to do this thing. Six years, and, and, and a lot of work has gone into that. Right? A, a lot of work has gone into keeping us existing for six years, and yet there's more work to be done. Right? This is not a time where we can stand back and go, wow, that's great, that's pretty good, we did great, check. No, there's still work. To be done. On the other side of COVID, there's still work to be done. And most of that work is people work at this point. Most of that work is people work. Connecting people, of, of helping people get reintroduced to one another, of helping people meet new people, of connecting relationally. It's not so much walls and carpet right now. It's, it's the harder work of how do we connect together? How do we serve together? How do we serve our community in a post-pandemic world? How do we, how do we minister to the world in a post-pandemic world? How do we, like Nehemiah is talking about doing, how do we bring life back to the hallways here, right? See, what Nehemiah recognized with Jerusalem was the walls are great, we're protected, we're safe, nobody's going to die, right? Everything is fine right now, but there's no life in the city because there's no people. Nehemiah recognized that the warmth wasn't there, the vitality wasn't there, the energy wasn't there. So he's going to begin to make an appeal, and we're going to come back to this in, in about two weeks. He begins to make an appeal for people to stay. Come on, we need people. We don't just need rocks and stones all put in the right place to make a wall. We don't just need mortar. We don't just need a really tall structure. We need people. What gives a city, what gives a church... Life and energy and vitality and warmth is not the paint color or the carpet or the chairs that don't match or the hallway or the parking lot. What gives a church warmth and vitality and energy is people. And you hopefully want what I want. And that is for the the warmth and energy and vitality we had a year ago to start showing back up. For our hallways to get loud again. For there to be laughter. For there to be conversation. For there to be hanging out. For there to be hugs and high fives. Wouldn't it be great when we could do all that again, when all of that comes back? That's the work that's ahead of us. Not wall building. Not building, building, people building. That we are connected to one another. Kind of like 
life in a pandemic. Nehemiah looks around after completing the wall and realizes we need people here. We need the life that people bring. Think of it this way. There needs to be life within the walls they just rebuilt. There needs to be life within the walls they just rebuilt. The walls are needed. The walls are needed. Renovating, that's needed. There are times that we renovate and we rebuild and we put playgrounds out there. and, and, And there are times that we build stuff. But the reason we have stuff is so that we can fill stuff with people. So that, so that we can fill walls with relationships. So, so, so that we can fill rooms with groups of people sharing their life together. Nehemiah, if, if you continue reading in uh, chapter 7, that list of names. Nehemiah goes back and he pulls the names of the people who had come back to Jerusalem originally. So this would have been like a hundred years before that. And he pulls out all of these names and he says, look, these are the people who used to be here. (laughs) Kind of like being a pastor during a pandemic. Like, where are the people who used to be here? There are all these people who used to be here. Nehemiah pulls out this list and he names them. These are the people who used to be here. Like, if you're their ancestor, you're part of their family, we need you to come back to the city We need you to come back together. We need you to remember that you like each other and you like living with each other and you love worshiping with each other. We need you to come back because the walls weren't enough. The walls weren't enough. We needed people. Here's how I would say it. If your project, whatever your project is, if your project doesn't impact people, then it's pointless. If your project, if ultimately your project is not about people, then it's put walls not enough. Building's not enough. Structure systems are not enough. We need all of that, right? We need buildings and walls and we need structures and we need systems. But all of those should facilitate life change and life connection for people. Just like Nehemiah stood there that day and said, look, we've got to reconnect the people. That's where we are, right? That's the next big challenge for us. Is once we get kind of more towards the other end of this pandemic, like how do we reconnect ourselves to one another? Because we have to be about people. Look at the beginning of chapter 8. When the seventh month came and the Israelites have settled in their towns, all the people came together as one in the square before the water gate. They told Ezra, the teacher of the law, to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord God had commanded for Israel. So not just the the people of God. They were to be focused on the people of God and they were to be focused on the word of God. We get to chapter 8, the wall's finished, we're trying to figure out how to be a people again. And so they ask Ezra to bring out the law of Moses, the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, and read it to them because they realize they have been neglecting the Word of God. Not only have they been neglecting the people of God, their relationships, they have been neglecting the Word of God. 
The word of God had not been central to their lives. So they get Ezra to come out and he begins to read. And if you keep reading in this chapter, what you find is the people listen to him read the word of God for six hours. Six hours. They stand listening to Ezra. They build him this platform so he's up high reading the word of God and they can all see him and they can all hear him better. And they stand for six hours. Second part of verse 3 says, And the people listened attentively to the book of the law for six hours. They listened attentively. Apparently they didn't check their phone in the middle of it. They, they didn't check social media in the middle of it. Right? They didn't make lunch reservations in the middle. Of, apparently they stood for six hours. Because their heart was so stirred by the word of God. They had neglected his word for so long. And when Ezra began to read the word of God, their, like their heart came alive. This is God speaking to us. We have not been listening to this. We have not been prioritizing the word of God. And they stood there for six Hours at one point, verse six says, Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen, Amen, which means we agree. Like we agree, we are on board with that. Yes to what you are saying is yes to the words of God. They're for us. Amen. Amen. Then they bowed down and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. They're just overcome by the word of God. This is this is how much their hearts were on fire for the word of God. Like they're just overcome by it. They're, they're overcome with conviction because they had neglected the word of God. Overcome with conviction because not only had they neglected the people of God in their relationship, they had neglected the priority of the word of God in their lives. And they just stand and listen and they say, amen, and they worship God. We want to know the Word of God. Here's, here's one of the problems when we neglect the Word of God. When we neglect the Word of God, we forget what it means to be the people of God. Remember throughout this whole book, I've said, main theme is they forgot their identity. They forgot who they were in God. One of the reasons they forgot who they were is because they had neglected the Word of God. Because the Word of God tells them who they are. You are God's children. You are God's nation. You are God's beloved. You are God's forgiven. You are the objects of God's grace. God has selected you. God desires you. You are his kids. Like the word of God reinforces who we are. And we would ne when we neglect the word of God, we forget who we are. And there's a whole nation of people who had forgotten who they are because they had neglected the word of God, the, the, the scripture says that the Levites, the, the, the leaders of worship, they went all throughout the crowd that day, making sure people understood the word of God. Like that we get a, a, like a small group, they would get a small group, a community group, and they would say, okay, do you understand what he's saying? You understand what that means? Let me, let me help you understand. So Ezra's reading, and the Levites have all these little small groups all over the place, making sure people understood, because they didn't want them to just hear the word of God. They wanted them to know the word of God. They wanted them to understand the word of God. 
They wanted the Word of God to change the people's lives. And there's this six-hour moment where their hearts just come alive to the Word of God. As a matter of fact, at one point, they just begin to weep. And Nehemiah says, no, Nehemiah says, no we're not going to weep today. This is not a day of mourning. This is a day of joy. We're going to rejoice that we are hearing the Word of God again, that God is speaking to us, that God is active in us. This is a day of joy, no weeping. As a matter of fact, instead of weeping, you can read it in chapter 8, instead of weeping, we want you to go have meals together. Go eat together, invite somebody out to lunch, sit around the table, talk about what the Word of God means to you, talk about what you've seen God do. This is a day of rejoicing For the word of God is coming to us again. You see, here's what we discover in chapters 7 and 8. We discover that the wall is not enough. The wall is not enough. Systems are not enough. Buildings are not enough. Service times are not enough. Live streaming is not enough. It's not enough. We need the people of God, the word of God, and the worship of God if we want to be transformed. If we want to be changed. We need the people of God. We need the word of God. We need the worship of God again and again in our lives. If you read the rest of chapter 8, what you'll discover is their renewed commitment to the word of God resulted in greater obedience. They, they discovered there was this festival they were right then supposed to be observing. And they hadn't been observing it because they didn't know about it because they hadn't been in the Word of God. And as Ezra's reading, they realize we're supposed to be doing this particular celebration. So they stop what they're doing and they have that festival. And that's what the Word of God does. When the Word of God gets to our hearts, then we have to obey. We have to do what it says. That's what it looks like when we honor and prioritize the Word of God. I want to bring my life in line with whatever the Word of God says. The Word of God is not there for me to try to rationalize all the other things that I want to do outside of the Word of God. When I hear the Word of God, it's not my opportunity to explain away various areas of my life or to explain away why I'm not obeying that. When I hear the Word of God, when it When it pricks my heart, my response is to obey, just like they obeyed. Here's what I want to challenge you as we continue to move through 2021. I want to challenge you to renew your commitment to the Word of God. Renew your, your joy in the Word of God. Just letting God speak to you collectively when we come together to worship, but also individually, day by day. That you're opening God's Word. You're spending time in God's Word. You're connecting with a community group so that you can discuss the Word of God together. You're finding some way to every day get God's Word into 
your life. We do a daily devotion on our Facebook page, Welcome to Journey. Find us on Facebook. I post a daily devotion Monday through Friday. We basically, most of the time, we read a chapter at a time through a book of the Bible just as a way to keep us in the Word of God. Renew your commitment to the Word of God. Take delight in the Word of God. And then then I want to challenge you to renew your commitment to the people of God as we move forward in 2021. Renew your commitment to the people of God. That I'm going to connect with God's people. That I'm going to share meals with God's people. That I'm going to know God's people beyond Sunday morning or beyond, hey, how are you doing? I'm going to connect in relationship with God's people. When we're able to offer more community groups and we've got some things planned coming up next month that we're going to be telling you about. Take advantage of those opportunities to be connected to God's people. Renew your commitment to the Word of God. Renew your commitment to the people of God. And renew your commitment to the worship of God. Walls are not enough. Projects are not enough. Checking things off in your spiritual life is not enough. Even attending is not enough. Even though maybe it starts with attending. But then when we come to God's house, we come with a heart that's ready to meet with God. That that worship is not something I observe, but worship is something I engage in. Worship is something I bring my whole self to. Worship is something I bring my mind to, I bring my heart to, I bring my emotions to. I come ready to respond to God when I come to worship on Sunday morning. I I come to meet with Him. Renew your commitment that that in this year, you're going to allow God to to teach you to worship, to make you a worshiper, not an observer, not a stand back, hope all the music goes fine today, but I want to engage. And I don't know if anybody else around me is going to engage, but I'm going to engage. I'm going to buy in. I'm going to walk into the presence of God, and I'm going to respond with my hands. I'm going to respond with my voice. I'm going to respond with my heart to the things of God. Look, projects are great. Building a wall is great. But the work that God is doing ultimately is a work in people. Not a work in buildings, not a work in structures, not a work in systems. God is doing a work in people. And I want us to be those people. I want us to be those people that God is softening to His Word and God is knitting together in relationship and God is teaching to be worshipers of Him. Let's pray. God, as we think about these two chapters and what they have to say to us, it's it's easy for us to get focused on the doing and, and the structure and the building and the project and the things we can check off. But Nehemiah does such a good job of reminding us that that ultimately we have to be about the Word of God and the worship of God and the people of God. What's going to rebuild our our church, our, our, our ministry, our lives is going to be the Word of God and the worship of God and the people of God. In 2021, drive us deeper 
into the Word of God, the worship of God, and the people of God. Awaken our hearts to the need to connect with you through your Word, through worship, and through other believers. Let us not be satisfied with the wall. Let us not be satisfied with just showing up. Give us a heart and a passion to commit to the heart of God. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.